Is listing a property under market value to induce a bidding war a good idea or a really bad idea? Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And today is our monthly series called Closing Time with Chris Lincell from The Close. Now, this is a partnership between Keeping It Real and TheClose.com. Let me tell you about The Close. Now, TheClose.com is the kind of real estate website designed to give agents, teams, and brokerages actionable strategic insight from industry professionals. And they cover real estate marketing, lead generation, tech, team building strategies from the perspective of working agents and brokers who want to take their business to the next level. Now, please visit theclose.com. That's T-H-E-C-L-O-S-E, just like it sounds, .com, and subscribe to their newsletter. And you can get notified every time they publish an article. They just did a, re- a refresh of their website, and everything is super clean. It's really easy to navigate, and just the articles are, are amazing. And in fact, uh, before I tell you about our guest, Chris, in case you're new to the show, we actually used um, one of the closes, or we're in the process of using one of your articles uh, about... Um, uh, about brokerage uh, te- uh, software around paying out commissions. And so we actually were looking to find out which uh, w- which tech provider we wanted to use. And we came across the uh, an amazing article that The Close has written about that. So we're, we're huge fans of The Close. But with us as always today is Chris Linsell. He is a staff writer and real estate coach for The Close. Chris is The Close's resident expert on real estate topics ranging from marketing, lead generation, transactional best practices, and everything in between. He's a licensed agent in the state of Michigan, and he has been part of hundreds of transactions from modest rural starter homes to massive waterside compounds. When he isn't writing, you'll find Chris fly fishing or performing on the stage of his community theater's production and all also, you'll find uh, him possibly speaking in your areas. He is often uh, asked to come speak about topics uh, related to real estate um, all over the country in, in, at different events. So definitely keep your eyes open for everything uh, related to Chris. Uh, Chris, welcome once again to the show. DJ, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me as always. You're soon going to have to have a, a calendar with all of your speaking events so people can yeah. find out because you are you are really... Um, 
you're speaking, you have a lot of speaking engagements coming up. So it's very, very exciting. Um, and that's why we're so excited to have you on the show. And let's yeah. just jump right into it. Cause mm -hmm. um, you, you and I had a, uh, oftentimes we just to sort of let people know how it works is we'll, we'll get on and, and I'll, and I'll say, Oh, I hope I, Chris has something to talk about. Cause <laughs> I, I always, a lot of times I don't. And Chris said, I'm very passionate about this topic today. So we have a, we have a good topic today. Um, do you want to jump right in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll just say, there's going to be people who disagree with me here, DJ. And, and uh, you know, actually, I think you might be one of those people on a, on a couple of points here. So um, please feel free to, to tell me uh, you think I'm wrong. And those of you who are listening, if you think I'm crazy, um, feel free to argue with me in any of the public social media town squares that I'm a part of. So um, well, I never... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I never think you're wrong, but I might take the other side. All right, well... <laughs> just, just because... Um, you know, I, I always defer really all of my sure. real estate knowledge to you, but, um, but I do want to present sometimes some of the opposing yeah. uh, opinions. So let's, yeah, let's yeah. jump in. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out here, guys. Those of you real estate agents, brokers, those of you who are actively listing properties, you are hurting yourself, your clients, your community and the market at large by underpricing them. And I don't mean like, oh, my clients aren't going to get the amount of money that they deserve. I mean, you are contributing towards the market panic that we are experiencing right now. I'm not going to say it's all your fault, but agents, if you are pricing properties in order to induce a bidding war, this is some of your fault. And I want to tell you why. Now, I know that's a little accusatory. I know it's a little of a negative way to get started here, but I look at it as accountability. And what I mean by this is real estate professionals have a duty to their clients to represent their fiduciary best interests. And that means getting the best terms for sale or purchase possible. And it also means being a um, thoughtful representative and advocate for the real estate process as a whole. And when we underprice properties, when we create a pricing structure that induces essentially market panic, we are not helping our buyers, we are not helping our sellers, and we are not helping the market at large. That's so where I'm starting today. Great. And so let, we'll just define a little bit more uh, specifically what we're talking about. So what we're talking about is uh, brokers who underprice or underlist price their uh, their listings in order to encourage uh, competition with buyers uh, to drive up numbers for uh, showings um, and, and also to be able. To, the theory is the more people bidding on this property. Uh, the, the, the higher the end price is going to be. Um, plus it generates a lot of activity. So for, if I'm the listing agent, maybe that is really impressive to my seller. Like, Hey, look at all these people I've been bringing through. Um, and right now, of course, with interest rates still being relatively low, there's still a lot of buyers out there and we know that inventory is low. So if I price it low, there's all these buyers that'll pounce on it. We'll drive pricing up. I'm guessing that's, that's the overall thought process. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And and here is here's why I take this position that this practice is bad for everybody. It is bad for everybody because 
It is a self-serving, frankly, it's a selfish practice. It is goes against the realtor code of contact or con, um, uh, conduct and um, code of ethics here. When a real estate agent is pricing property so that they can make a Facebook post later on about the 100 showings and 50 offers they got, it's not good for people. And we can break down exactly why I think that is. But I guess I just want to start with you, DJ, by asking you a question that you and I, we started chatting a little bit about this before. But you you said when I was kind of taking this position in our pre-interview, you were saying, well, isn't it best for the sellers in order to get the highest price possible to induce this sort of multi-bid scenario? Tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, what what is your position on that? Well, I was thinking of it from just a simple supply and demand, um, you know, sort of econ 101, uh, driving down supply. Um, is going to increase competition to mm-hmm. for, for buyers. So it made sense to me to think, and, and by the way, I know a lot of agents that do this. Um, there's one of the top agents here in Chicago. This is what, uh, I, I won't say who they are, but this is what they instruct their team members to do is price it aggressively, which really means underprice it and let the bidding war commence and, um, and, and everyone wins. Um, now, again, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't personally sort of, I had never thought about it more than that. That was mm-hmm. as much as I thought about it. I said, oh, makes sense. Simple, simple economics. But let's talk about why that's a bad idea, ultimately long-term or even short-term. Yeah. Well, so you used a phrase here that I think is really interesting, which is everyone wins. What yeah. about the 49 offers that didn't get accepted? Do those people right. win? <laughs> there's only there's only two winners, right? And right. there could be a hundred players. And now there's not only are there people who don't win, there's a lot of just upset people because uh-huh. they f- figure they've got as good a shot as anyone to purchase this property. But because it's underpriced, it's going to bring in people. Uh, well, I'm sure you're going to talk about this, but maybe who are under the wrong impression. And maybe mm-hmm. there are agents out there that aren't as cued into what's going on right now. And they just see this list price, bring their clients out and then immediately find out, oh, this is not in their price range anymore. Yeah. So there are a lot of losers in this space. Yeah. I, I think I think the phrase everybody wins is a, it's one that gets thrown around a lot on this yeah. topic because the thought process here is, well, what we, what we mean by this is that the right offer will eventually come to the surface. Right. And that is different than everybody wins. Right. Because if you think about um, just from a raw opportunity cost, a buyer who spends time touring a property and writing an offer and anticipating an opportunity that they have no realistic shot to get that person could be using their energy elsewhere. That buyer's agent could be using their energy elsewhere. They could be pursuing property for which they have a legitimate chance to to, um, secure. And so not everybody wins. In fact, almost everybody loses when we create this panic atmosphere around around our pricing. The other thing that happens 
as a result of this strategy that's related to to you know that that sentiment of almost everybody loses is that it creates a market sentiment for which the headlines gravitate towards what headlines always gravitate towards, like the sexiest part of the scenario. This, oh, we had a, a, this, this $350,000 house sold for $100,000 over asking price. Think about what I just said there. I said this $350,000 house sold for $100,000 over. As a just a general civilian consumer here, I don't know. Is this house actually a $250,000 house that sold for $350,000? Is it a $350,000 house that sold for $450,000? Or is it just that everything is expensive right now? If you go on CNBC, on MSNBC, on Fox, on the Chicago Tribune, on the Denver Post, all of these websites right now on their front pages, and I know that we're we're not going to be listening to this when we're recording this, but if you go and look right now, there is talk on every major news outlet's website about a real estate bubble. And that real estate bubble is being... the. Fear of that is being fueled by this incredible explosion in price and this perception that the Fed is going to most likely jack up interest rates, which is going to plummet buyer demand. And all of a sudden, we're going to have super high prices, nobody interested in buying. And then all of a sudden, pop. Yeah. And uh- that the, the, the left end of this, of this lever real estate agents and their pricing has a direct effect on how high that left side goes. We can be in control of this. We can bring the panic in the market back down to earth by appropriately pricing things, but we're not because you can't post on Facebook about that sort of thing. Nobody likes being, oh yeah, we had four offers, um, you know, after six or seven days of showings. Nobody likes posting that because that's not sexy and flashy and fun. We do like posting all the craziness and that is just not healthy for the market. It's not healthy for our clients and it's certainly not healthy for us as professionals if we want to have a sustainable career in this. So I have two points. Um, one, it, this is reminds me of it. I think there's, and I have to be sort of a little careful how I say this, but I, I think if you underprice a property or if you underlist a pro, if you, if you underprice a property when, when you're listing it, I think it's, it's disingenuous at best maybe, and, and maybe worse than that. Right. Because what you're really, it's, it's kind of like when I remember those uh, websites and I think we can all probably all probably seen one where somebody is selling some sort of knowledge product, you know, mm-hmm. learn how to do X or learn how to build a business. And, and there's this long sales page. And at the top, there's like, this offer is only good for the next 15 minutes or, or whatever has some sort of time, you know, sort of uh, thing on it. Uh, and, and then you refresh the page and the timer resets and you're like, okay, there is, it's an artificial, <laughs> there is no actual timing thing, but it's, it's used to prey upon our sort of, you know, this FOMO, this, like, if I don't act now. Um, and, and so I, I think, I think it's, it's disingenuous, right? Because, but I think maybe we should talk about and maybe worse, maybe it's actually doing more bad than just being uh, more of a just sort of a marketing tactic. If I underprice, mm-hmm. I'll get a lot of activity. But let let's talk about. Um, I would love to talk about how how and why 
aside from just increasing activity, if I'm an agent and I go, well, okay, Chris, I agree that, that it's a little crazy right now, but if I run comps, you mm-hmm. know, I I'm just, I'm pricing it. W- what I'm seeing in the last three months that's closed yep. in the area. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me to price it lower than that. So I can tell you as, and I, I have some, a lot of personal experience. I've, I've done hundreds of CMAs, probably thousands, frankly, at this point. Um, and I also, not to brag a little bit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag just a little bit. I also have the number one Google ranked article on conducting comparative market analyses for real Ooh, estate professionals. That's amazing. Well, we're going to, by the way, we're going to post a link to that in our show notes. Yeah. Um, so thank you for mentioning that. Come take a look. In fact, this is one of the things I have I presented on quite a bit last year in the conference circuit was um, creating a bulletproof CMA. And one of the tenets of creating a bulletproof CMA is adjusting your comp ratios relative to the aggressiveness of the market. And that sounds like a whole bunch of gobbledygook, but let me just let me just translate that. The more aggressive the more um the the crazier the the seller's market is which is like if your buyer demand is really high inventory is really low the the more aggressive that market is the more recent your comps have to be so if you've got a really balanced market you can look at comps for three four even six months back that's that seems relatively reasonable if your market's heating up and it's it's started you know you're on you're kind of just on the seller's end of things um you got to be looking three months or less on your comps if things are really getting pretty intense you got to be looking at comps in the last month or so and if things if the if people's hair is on fire like it is in my local market for instance there was a house that went up for sale in my neighborhood there was literally a line out the door showings were limited to 15 minutes there was there was literally people standing in the street in my neighborhood waiting to get in. If this is how aggressive your market is, you have to have not just the most recent sold comps, but you have to be accounting for what's on the market. You have to be accounting for buyer activity in the moment, even on listings that haven't closed yet. And you might be saying, well, there's no database that I can go and look at to see how many offers something got or or what the sentiment is. There is a database. It's called Facebook because all of the agents I know literally cannot help themselves they even before something is closed, the moment it goes under contract, they're on Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg is sitting over their shoulder. And he's like, okay, now type in how many offers you got. Okay. You can't say the price yet because the, you know, this is still confidential, but you can just say, oh yeah, we're really happy. Double winky face. Um, you need to start accounting for this stuff. And you're right. There's no scientific means of quantifying this. There's not a formula that you can use to say, I know exactly what I have to account for where. But if you're, if people's hair is on fire in your market and you know it is when it is, you're going to go and you need to start accounting for a kind of extraordinary circumstances. And that includes pricing your properties accordingly. And I imagine what you could do is also reach out to those agents that have closed uh, listings that are in, you know, in that 
area that you'd be running the CMA for your client and asking them, say, hey, tell me about how you priced, you know, it, it, just because, you know, an agents, I think are, are pretty, uh, usually pretty open about things. It's like, Hey, congratulations on the sale. I'm going to be listing something down the street. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the experience of listing right now? And if the, cause a lot of times agents love talking, Oh my God, we got 60 offers and it's like, okay. And then I think the agent after that ends, is probably like, maybe I priced it wrong. Uh, the, the listing agent that closed the property and having to deal with 60 offers or 30 offers is just a ton of work for everybody. And also mm -hmm. you're right. There's a lot of disappointed people, especially other agents who bring their buyers in, who, who look at these listing agents and going, I know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I know that you listed this artificially low and I'm, I'm now pissed at you. This mm -hmm. isn't really, it isn't a super friendly thing to do. And you're really just doing this to create all this demand, but you could call that listing agent and say, Hey, how, you know, how, just out of curiosity, how many offers did you get? Um, and, and if you were to have done it differently again, would you do it differently? And, and they might say, yeah, I'd price it a little higher or, or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I think, you, yeah, you'll get a lot of feedback if you just have these conversations with other agents and hundred percent, cause they're going to be exhausted by the time these things close. The, the, the fact of the matter is as much as we are competitors with the other agents in our market, we are also colleagues. And there are so many instances that I can think of personally, um, in my own real estate career where I have thought to myself, wow, I am so glad that I got a chance that I, I have the cell phone number that I can text the agent down the street or in the next office, because I just have a question about something. And I bet you, unless you are operating a real estate business on an island by yourself, every agent listening to this has some experience of when they texted the agent that they happen to either share an office with or be in the same brokerage with, or they did a deal once with and everything went great and they kind of remained on good terms we get information from one another. And frankly, it is not a matter. It's, it's not collusion. It no. is collaboration. Yes. It is not, there is nothing underhanded here. And in fact, if we are not collaborating with each other, we are, we begin to take on the characteristics of an industry. Again, that is selfish. It is not about our client's best interest. It's about our own best interest. If you protect information, hoard it, and you don't share it with your colleagues, I mean, it's one thing to disclose confidential information that you are not supposed to. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how do we work together to build a sustainable market economy that doesn't crash and burn? Because frankly, if pricing continues in a panicked rise, we are going to have a really severe correction. Yeah. And then the all of the agents who have been, uh, you know, who, who, uh, who put down a down payment on a boat, you know, assuming that things are going to be, uh, you know, just a, a lake of gravy for the next three or four years, these people are out of luck. And these are not necessarily just the greenhorns in our, in our agency. These are people who, you know, that boat that they put down the down payment on, these are people who just remodeled their kitchen or are trying to send their kids to college. We want to make sure we're creating a sustainable atmosphere for everybody. Um, and, and not working together and collaborating is the opposite of that. So I know what I just had a thought. So what I might do if I was about to list a property and I looked at the sales, the actual final sales prices for the comps in my area. And I went, whoa, these are really high because of course everything's high right now. Um, I would probably pick up the phone, call some of those listing agents and say, Hey, 
obviously, you know, you, you can't disclose any confidential information, but just out of curiosity, did you get a lot of offers on this property more than you thought? And uh, if you were to do it over again, assuming mm -hmm. you could still get to the same end price, would you have priced, would you have listed this at a different price? Mm -hmm. Because I think there's a lot of agents, they get a listing. And of course, those are gold right now because of how much activity there is on the buyer side. Um, and, and then they don't think about it until once it's over and they might have a different opinion. Like, you know what? I think I actually priced it lower than I should have. And it mm -hmm. cost us a ton of extra work. Uh, you know, the, the owners had to deal with, you know, people not even being able to get in for showings, which is not a great experience because mm -hmm. the owner wants, you know, people to come through and make an offer and, and other agents are, were kind of pissed about it or, you know, it, and I think those are great conversations to have. Like, if you were to, have, to do this again, would you have done it a little differently? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I think generally speaking that they'll probably tell you, you know, if you have a decent relationship and what you'll probably, I think you're, what you'll probably find is like, wow, I thought it would be cool to have 60 offers, but mm -hmm. actually really ended up being just a ton of work for everybody and a lot of upset people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And, and I want to just encourage all agents here, I'm going, to, I'm going to speak to just both sides of the transaction here, listing agents. If I am your client, if I'm your seller, and you show up on Monday at 5 p.m. or whenever, whenever the whenever offers are due uh, on on our on our new listing, if you show up with you know a Cheshire cat grin on your face and say, "Well, we had." 71 71 uh, showings over the weekend and here are your 45 offers mr seller if you show up to my house with that information and that smile on your face i'm not going to be happy with you and the reason is if we have 45 offers on this property you have mischaracterized who the buyer is for this house you have not proven to me your expertise prove to your clients your expertise by not getting them 45 offers, get them five offers from the best clients in the, in the region that you were able to bring because you priced appropriately. And buyer's agents, I'm going to speak to you here because you're a part of this too. You need to set your client expectations such that they are prepared to realize there are agents in our market who are just trying to create feeding frenzies. And so when we go to this listing, we have to remember, when you see that line out the door, we have to put our mindset, put our mindset in the right spot here to recognize we're likely going to be one of dozens of offers here. And we cannot hang our hat here because it was really a lottery and I can almost predict word for word what's going to happen. We're going to look at all these offers on Monday afternoon or whenever offers are due. We're going to get a message from the listing agents. I'm going to say, we've had multiple offers on this property. It's time for your highest and best. If that hasn't already been stated, basically. Mm -hmm. So we have to set buyer expectations appropriately and make sure that um, as buyer's agents, we are... Um, <laughs> voicing our vocal concern that properties are being priced appropriately. That way we don't waste our time as buyer's agents. Seller's agents aren't wasting their time um, creating uh, all of this um, uh, admin uh, headaches to sort through 
uh, and and ultimately our buyers and sellers, our clients, aren't wasting their time um, by having to go through hoops that frankly aren't necessary to the process. And, and buyer agents, you need to hold listing agents accountable. Like this totally. is when you see this kind of uh, low, uh, artificially low or intentionally low priced listings, you need to pull that listing agent aside and say, hey man, you're, you're wasting a lot of our time here. Like this is, this is not, you know, and, and buyer's agents need to now run comps. Um, mm-hmm. They need to see what those, I mean, buyer's agents now have to go into the, the MLS, look at the difference between list and close price and see whatever percentage that is and have that conversation with their buyer. Like you were saying, this mm-hmm. is, this is what we're seeing out there. So do we even want to go see this property? Mm-hmm. Because number one, it's going to, you know, odds are it's going to go for 85% more than, you know, what it's mm-hmm. listed for. And, um, and oh, by the way, there's going to be 70 other people, many of which, um, you know, don't even know this. And, and you're going to be competing with just a lot of other people uh, in, in a way that you shouldn't have to. Um, and we're not talking about things being fair or unfair. We're talking about just, just good business practice. And also on the listing side, this is a great piece of, you, you've given uh, our listeners, and, and I mean this very, very sincerely, you've just given our listeners an amazing piece of ammo to use in a listing presentation. Because um, of course, the, the seller only wants to know, hey, how? what do you think you can get for, for my property? Or why should I choose you? And you know what a lot of agents will say to them is, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to price it a little bit under the market value, and here's why. And we're going to create this this bidding frenzy. And it sounds really cool, but you now get to come to that same seller and say, this is why we're not going to do that. It's actually not good. And we, you know, I don't think we're going to actually get more, mm-hmm. but we're, we're going to decrease the amount of traffic into your property, which is probably something that you want. You only really want people coming through here that can actually afford this place and want, and can pay it. And also I, I, I don't want to artificially um, create a buying frenzy uh, mm-hmm. because that it's, well, there's just a lot of reasons not to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think you're giving people a great uh, tool to use. Have that conversation with your sellers about why we're going to price it at, at, at where we think it might actually close. Yeah, and I want to I want to speak. Um, lastly, I want to speak to those agents who have aspirations of moving up the real estate ladder. Maybe you are working uh, at the lower or the middle end of the property spectrum in your market, and you want to move into luxury. DJ just described when he was talking through that hypothetical conversation with his with with uh, this seller, he described um, many of what he many of the components of what he said were components that you have with luxury sellers in normal market conditions. We're only going to bring the qualified individuals through your property. We're only going to bring people who understand the value of this property. We're only going to bring people who are legitimately going to write offers that you're interested in through this property. These are the conversations that you have with, frankly, with um, more affluent and um uh, um, uh, sellers who are, are usually looking at property, um, property value from multiple angles. If you want to move up the, the real estate ladder, um, in, in towards, towards the luxury market times of disruption are the 
best times to do that. We are in a time of disruption right now. The way the market is behaving, it is a complete disruption relative to the norm. Um, if you look at the typical uh, undulation uh, of, of buyer and seller waves, we are in a time of disruption. This is a time to move up into the next, uh, the next um, uh, set of buyers and sellers, but you only do that by creating differentiation and not going with the flow because not everybody is moving up. Only the people who choose to think a little bit differently and say, listen, we are going to make this the experience that you deserve relative to the amount of activity here. I am going to find you the best buyer by creating the best pricing strategy here. The buyer's agents are going to come. The ones who represent the buyers who are going to write offers that you're most interested in seeing, those are the people that we want here. And frankly, you can always price reduce if you feel like you overprice eventually. You cannot go the other way around. Start a little bit higher, get the right offers the first time around, and avoid the feeding frenzy. And just realize this, if, you, if you're thinking, if we still haven't made a strong enough argument why you, you shouldn't underprice properties, here's a real practical one that won't hit you in the short term, but it will, it will affect you long term. Other agents are just going to hate you. They're, they just are. Every agent, everyone listening right now knows agents who underprice properties in their local market. And these these are not agents. It's not that they're not good agents. They're possibly great agents, but they, the reputation is, oh, that person, I know what they do. They, it, it just becomes... It, 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 people know about it. They talk about it. It's not well received in the industry. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it, it leads to just a, a lot of bad reputation stuff. Um, and, and you want to play nice in the sandbox with other people, which means you want to respect their time. And that means respecting the agent's time, the buyer's agent, the buyer itself. You want to respect everyone's time. Mm -hmm. And, and if you are underpricing properties, you're really not respecting people's uh, uh, money and their time. And you're, you're doing something that at first glance seems like a great idea, but when you, when you jump in and, and look in, look at it a little bit more holistically, you're really just creating a lot of, a lot of negativity out there. And a lot of people are going to be upset. Um, mm -hmm. And wh why would you want to do that when you have a fiduciary responsibility to price something appropriately so that it, it and also what listing agent wants to deal with a hundred listing, a hundred showings in a weekend, like nobody wants to deal with that. That's, Mm -hmm. There are, I guess, extreme circumstances where that actually makes sense to have a hundred showings in a weekend, but most of the time it's just because inventory is down and people, you know, reduce the price on something. Yeah. Um, so be nice, be nice, price correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, and read Chris's article about how to do a bulletproof CMA. And I and and we're gonna have to wrap up right now because mm -hmm. Uh, Chris has to, we, we both have to get on with, with our, with our day, but this is a, this is an important one. And mm -hmm. I hope everyone really, cause if we all sort of band together and, and work on, you know, getting our pricing back to where it ought to be, um, I think everyone's going to, going to benefit from that. And it's just going to be a lot more obvious. Um, you know, the, the, right now I think pricing is, it's not obvious. People look at prices, um, on Zillow or, or they look at, you know, uh, comps that might come in and, and they, they get, um, they get, they're, they're almost set up to fail, I think, because mm -hmm. they, they see something that seems pretty exciting. And then 
if you're on the buyer's side, I don't know what to, I, I don't know how buyers figure out what they can afford these days because things are so crazy. That's the truth. And it's a moving target. It's, it's, it is going to continue to evolve. So um, be thoughtful, be vigilant, be collaborative and work with your work with your clients best interest at heart. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you once again. And if everyone wants to, we encourage everyone to visit the close.com. I said, that's the beginning. We're using the close.com's deep dive article on broker tools for our own, uh, our own process, but they, they have so many great, uh, articles. They do deep, really deep, well-written, well-researched, true journal. They're, they're journalists. So these are not five ways to kick butt at an open house um, that, that you, you know, articles that you can find anywhere and they really don't give you a ton of value. These are actual value add articles, which is why we're such a big fan. So visit the close.com. They also have a premium model, the close pro, which for about a dollar a day, you get access to even more of their training and their, their content. It's excellent. Um, but not 95% of what they offer is completely free. So check out the close.com. It is an incredible, incredible website uh, just to stay on top of best practices in the industry. And uh, if you guys haven't written an article about, uh, about this particular topic, I'd say that would be a, that'll be a pretty, pretty great one. Yeah. If you're considering it right now, we'll put um, it on the list. Yeah, I think that'll that'll be uh, that'll be a great one. Well, anyway, Chris, thank you so much. Everyone, visit theclose.com. Uh, also, Chris is going to be speaking whenever Chris um, knows his schedule. We're going to be promoting that for him as well, so that you can go see him live. He spoke at mm -hmm. NAR last year. He's spoken at Inman. He's spoken at Triple Play. He's he's spoken. He's gone all. He's spoken tons and tons of different things, and he's got a lot coming up. So I really encourage you because he basically brought the house down at NAR uh, with his. Uh, bold predictions, tech predictions for this year, which are, I think some of them are actually coming true. So I'm very curious. Uh, I know we've talked about them on the show before too. So we'll make sure we, we update you with Chris's live uh, speaking engagements because you want to go see him. He's, he's great. Chris, thank you so much. Thanks, DJ. Always a pleasure to talk. We'll talk to you soon. All right. We'll see everyone on the next episode.